0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place because it's time to win with dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs with me, Raquel Wynn. Hey, listeners, back again to Win with Dogs for another exciting episode here on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining me. I'm Raquel, your host. And today we have something very special for you that I'm very excited about. I don't know that much about, but we're going to learn all we can from my guest, and we are going to be talking with Nicole Dory. She is a student and assistant professor at the University of Florida working at a place called the Canine Cognition Lab. It's canine cognition and behavior, and they're studying how much dogs can learn from us, how much they're paying attention to us. So it's going to be fascinating to see just what kinds of tests they're doing with dogs to see just how smart dogs can become, (laughs) I suppose. In the Canine Cognition Lab in Florida, their research participants are dogs that live in typical homes with their owners. They're not lab-raised dogs. They're pets. They don't use any invasive or unpleasant methods to collect data. Oftentimes the pup parents are there participating in the tests. So it's very rewarding for everyone involved. I can't wait to get talking with Nicole and see what they are up to there at the Canine Cognition Lab. So hang tight. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk with Nicole Dory and the Canine Cognition and Behavior Lab at the University of Florida. Don't go away. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win With Dogs right after this quick water break.
2: Pawfume Dog Grooming and Finishing Spray is proud to be a new sponsor of Pet Life Radio. Pawfume's super long-lasting sprays are available in four unique fragrances. Each Pawfume spray is fortified with the finest conditioners and detanglers to make combing out your dog more fun. Pawfume retails for only $2 per 6-ounce bottle. Pawfume is available nationwide at all Dollar General and Family Dollar stores. Why pay more to have your dog smell great? P-A-W-F-U-M-E.
3: It's time for school for you and your friends your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host, Pia Silvani, teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Silvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com
0: When you're looking to add a pet into your life, consider adopting a homeless animal from your local shelter or rescue group. Whether you want a kitten, puppy, or a more mature pet, a purebred or a -a one-of-a-kind mixed breed, even a rabbit or hamster. Your shelter has the best selection of animals anywhere, all screened for good health and behavior. PetLifeRadio.com presents Take Me Home with your host, Susan Daffron. Join us each week as we showcase wonderful pets, tell stories, and even throw some pet education into the mix. So get ready to find out why the pet adoption option can be a great way to add a furry companion into your life. Take Me Home every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win With Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. (coughs) Welcome back to Win With Dogs. Thanks for hanging with us. So, have you ever wondered how much your dog understands you or if they're watching your body language? I often talk about how in tune dogs are to our nonverbal communication. They're masters of it. And I'm sure Nicole Dory, my guest here today, will have a lot of input on this particular subject. Nicole, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
4: Good. Thanks for having me. Sure. I'm excited to talk to you, just as much as you're excited to talk to me. <laughs> oh,
1: good. Then it's going to be a beautiful symbiotic relationship. <laughs> That's Nicole. Fine. Yeah, exactly. Now, Nicole, currently you're a postdoctoral student at Dr. Wynn at the University of Florida at the Canine Cognition Lab. I understand you've completed your doctoral work in England at the University of Exeter studying social learning in a variety of zoo household species. It's fascinating to me. It seems that your interests lie in human and animal interaction, and I would love to hear how you got started on, in this field. Oh gosh! Um, I
4: I started as a teenager, actually, um, yeah. working out in zoos and and trying to get my hands pretty much on anything I could get my hands on.
1: Um, Did you take care of baby monkeys? I always wanted to do that. No, I, you know, zoo. I
4: never had the chance. I, there there has been baby monkeys at the zoo when I was there, but they they won't they wouldn't let me <laughs> they wouldn't let me raise them. I don't know. Um, no, I haven't had that chance. Oh, darn. So I work you start- with monkeys, but I haven't, I haven't been able to, you know, hand raise monkeys.
1: Oh, so you started at the zoo working just around all different kinds of animals. And I assume that you started realizing, hey, wait, there's some kind of communication going on here that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of. And I want to get to the bottom of it.
4: Yeah, I mean, you you notice that with, you know, your pets at home and, of course, with zoo animals when you're working with the same animals day after day, you you start watching uh, their behavior and and your interaction and, you know, it it comes to a point that that they know what you're going to do before you're going to do it or they know what you're going to ask before you're going to ask it. And mm-hmm. so how do they know that? You know, what, what are exactly. they picking up on? Obviously, they're not psychic. They're not picking up on your, your brain waves or anything. They're picking up on your body language. And so what type of body language are they picking up on?
1: Yeah, and actually, we know that most, even human communication, 93%, of human communication is nonverbal which i find fascinating that number because most of us aren't really paying attention you know we don't even realize we're communicating nonverbal and here we have our our dogs who are totally nonverbal they're watching our every move and like you're saying they start anticipating stuff i mean it's all it, it's almost like they're reading your mind but i'm sure a lot of it has to do with the gestures that the humans are making and the cues so what kinds of cues are you looking for coming from the humans? Is
4: yeah, we're we're, we're giving off a lot of things. Research has been done on gaze, you know, lo- just looking at things, your head movement, um, mm-hmm. and your arms. You know, how are you pointing? Um, and different types, you know, will they follow a point from a from a baby doll or will they follow a point from a human and does it matter? And oh, so wow, those are the kinds that's of things cool. From, yeah, and it does. <laughs> they kind of need, they won't follow an inanimate object's point, They need. They, they, but they will follow a human point. So it, it's social in context. Dogs follow points even better than our closest relative, apes. Um, apes have been found to do very poorly on following human points. And, and dogs are much better at it. And that's one of our main questions in our that's, lab is why.
1: Ooh, that's fascinating. And why? That's a really good question. The first thing that comes to my mind is, well, these dogs are dependent on us for food. <laughs> so And for survival and for their everything. So, of course, they're going to be more tuned into us is what I would think. But then on the other hand, I know that dogs of all animals... They want to be involved in our endeavors and and mimic us and be a part of the family. So maybe they're more motivated by, you know, like a social drive, too. Have you discerned what really is the motivation? And is it even the same for every dog? Yeah, you know, we haven't looked into that particularly.
4: I mean, these are definitely some of the theories we have. And I think it's a combination of both. I mean, I I don't know how you can... To separate out the, the history of the dog becoming domesticated humans and, you know, needing us for that, that survival and the social connection. I mean, I, I think it's kind of one and the same, and I think they both play a role into why dogs, you know, why it's beneficial for dogs to read our body language and to understand kind of how we're communicating with them.
1: Yeah, so they follow gestures, we know, better than even chimps, which is fascinating, or apes which is really fascinating. What about mimicking behaviors or, you know, trying to duplicate our behaviors? And I ask you this thinking about, you know, the freestyle, the dog dogs that will, you know, you can train them to dance with you, do the freestyle classes or, you know, agility dogs. How much imitation is there? You know,
4: yeah. It, it's funny that you you asked about imitation because that's what my whole PhD was on. Oh, perfect. It, 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 <laughs> you knew that. No, it, it, I it, didn't it, actually. <laughs> I
1: actually didn't.
4: But I, See, I, we're I we we in sync. You're reading my mind. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, it, it, it it's hard when you start researching imitation, I, it, it, and it's hard to define imitation um, scientifically. And and that's mm-hmm. a lot of that's the problem you know, we're, we're coming into when we look at imitation as a scientist. Imitation defined in, in the literature mm-hmm. has to occur. It has to be a novel behavior. It has to occur without reinforcement or learning um, for it to be considered this true imitation. And so there's other types of social learning that scientists have come up with that aren't imitation. And okay. so dogs that copy your movements, you might have reinforced it,
3: you know, Uh you might
4: have said, Oh, that's really good. And, and, and without noticing, and that's what happens with babies a lot, you know, with, with speech, right? The baby comes out with some sound that sounds close to something that the mother is excited about. And the mom's like, yeah, that's it. And then repeats it and reinforces those closer approximations to the target behavior. And we see a lot of this with behavior that we once thought was imitation. Mm -hmm. And so, I think it's operantly conditioned, a lot of the imitation there. We haven't. We've actually looked at imitation in dogs, and we haven't found anything. There's a new study that just came out this week that um, didn't find any kind of um, matching between object um, imitation. Uh, So it's,
1: yeah, it's rewarded behavior more than you're setting up that precedent from just your own, how you react to what they do, I guess. Yeah,
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I mean, that, that's what we've been finding. Maybe somebody out there can, can find something more about it, but that, that's our conclusion.
1: Yeah, and you before, let me back up, you said, you know, um, there's not a lot of scientific proof <laughs> that you can back it up. You have these theories and you're having trouble getting the science to back your theories, which... Having said that, I have found in my own practice with hands-on therapies, oftentimes I'm out of the box and there is no proof. In fact, some of the stuff, literature actually counters what I'm finding. So I think it's remarkable that you guys are just going with it anyway. And maybe you're going to make, maybe, you know, you are going to be providing the science behind it, you know, backing it up.
4: <laughs> There's two main theories within at least the pointing literature. The imitation stuff is... is really really hard and we've yeah. kind of we've kind of dropped that line of research but the gestures the human gestures there's two main theories right now the one is that these behaviors occur because of the evolutionary consequences of the domestication process dogs through the domestication process and through their history, have developed this ability to understand human gestures because it's important for your survival, like you said.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: However, and in, in with this, I guess let's back up, with this, there's been research that, is, that has kind of backed this up a little bit. You know, wolves, past research has found that wolves have haven't been able to follow points, that apes haven't been able to follow points,
1: mm-hmm. and that
4: other domesticated animals, such as horses, goats, um, and cats have been able to follow points.
1: They have been. And
4: so they mm-hmm. have been. However, when this research gets replicated, we're finding out that there are some wolves that can follow points. We published a paper on Animal Behavior last year uh, showing that, that highly socialized wolves, wolves that are socialized during their critical period, when they're puppies, they're around humans 24-7, that when they become adults, they can follow human points. We are testing horses at the moment and are finding that they're not able to follow human points. And we tested shelter dogs, dogs that have been abandoned, not, um, specifically not, well, we try to not test dogs that have, uh, that owner surrendered, but dogs they find in fields kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Total abandoned. Yeah, abandoned dogs. And we found Mm -hmm. that they're not able to follow points. In fact, they're worse than pet dogs at following points. And so this wow, research is coming crazy. together saying that, you know, it, it looks like they learn it through their lifetime.
1: Yeah, and how much of that, though, like m- both of my dogs were rescues. And I know that with my Bichon, Jake, he was so scattered, like he could not focus. He wouldn't make eye contact. He was panting. He was just a nervous wreck, basically. And it was only through his own Kind of calming and getting some self-esteem and getting some focus that he could follow my points, you know. So I wonder. We're how actually much
4: looking into that right now. We're looking into what happens if we play with them for you know an hour, two hours before we start testing them. Does that improve their ability? Does
1: it? Have, have you found any? Anything? We have not.
4: We have not found that it that it does.
1: Oh gosh! That we Do just
4: some... started this line. But yeah. As of right now, we, we haven't we haven't finished this research, so it's out there.
1: <laughs> I would be so curious. I don't know if you've read a book, and I I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but um, there's a book called Hidden Messages in Water, and it's a scientist who's taken pictures of water molecules and looks looked at them under a microscope, and um, and then he analyzed the same water he you know, had people talk over the water, like, love, love, we love you, love you, and reexamine the crystals, and they were beautifully formed, symmetric, crystalline structures, and then the water molecules that had, like, I hate you, I hate you, you're terrible water, those crystals became disformed and asymmetric, so I wonder if you would maybe indulge me <laughs> when you're at your <laughs> lab next, just, I would be so curious to just having your intention, like, Not just playing with them, but maybe holding, doing a hold, like an energetic hold and intending that they be more focused. You know, I really wonder if they can pick up on that. Because I've had tremendous behavioral changes in my clients, my canine clients, just, you know, doing hands-on work. Their whole behavior change is really, really, really fascinating to me. So, anyway, that was just my own indulgence. Thank you, Nicole. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Before we come back, let me... Right here, we have a good breaking point, so I'm going to take another short break. Okay. Everyone out there, hang tight, get some water, and again, if you want to know more about this, you can visit caninecognition.com and check into it, but um, we'll be right back with Nicole Dory from the Canine Cognition Lab at the University of Florida. Don't go away. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win With Dogs right after this quick water break.
2: Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey,
5: what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he invented an application for the iPhone that claims... It can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. I read about it on my
2: cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it. CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course.
3: Talk pets. Let's talk
0: pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. radio.com.
1: Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win with Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn on Pet Life Radio. And we are back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, Nicole, okay. What kinds of, I'm just curious, if I have a dog and I want to test some gesturing principles with my own dog, are there tests that people can do with their own pets at home to kind of see how far along their dogs are in this yeah, process? Yeah,
4: absolutely, absolutely. So, so our, des- our tests are pretty simple. We have, yeah, 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 we have two containers mm-hmm. that are equal distance apart between the person, about 0.5, so it's about a meter between the two, and then you pick the center. You stand in between the two containers, so you have so one meter between So it's like a triangle. The... No, no, no. So you have you have uh, a, a container, mm-hmm. and then yourself, and then another container. So you're so halfway So you're all in, in a line.
1: Okay. You're all in
4: a line, and then your your containers are one meter apart.
1: Okay. Um,
4: and then you have somebody hold your dog. Um, Or you put your dog into a downstay if you have a very well-trained dog, and you put him in a downstay about two meters away from you in front of you. And you can do this. There's many different types of points. The point that we use sometimes is a momentary proximal point. Momentary meaning it's very brief. It's about one second, and proximal meaning that your hand is less is 40 centimeters, your pointing finger is 40 centimeters from the container. So you're standing up, and you do a full point. So your your hands are in the center of your body. Mm-hmm. You point to the container for less than a minute. You bring mm-hmm. your, your hand, your arm back to neutral, and then you release your dog and see where he goes. Cool. And if he goes to the right thing, then you give him a treat. And awesome. then you can control for any other body movements that you're doing by having a control condition in which you you do everything exactly the same except you don't point. So you just call your dog over and see which container he chooses. And what we find out is dogs are really good at this. You know, they get over eighty percent right on average and they don't get any controls right. So it shows that they are following
1: okay. your path. No placebo is working. That's good. So I, want, I wonder, you're talking about momentary and proximal. And, you know, I often have found and say, so I'm not sure if I'm actually right, so I'm looking for some validity. <laughs> it, um, I always say that, you know, dogs pay more attention to smaller gestures, lower tones of voice. You know, like, for example, if, if my dog is barking at someone coming to the door and I'm yelling at my dog, the dog is thinking I'm barking with it, you know, rather than being very calm and saying, Jake, no, you know, then he'll listen to me. Do you, do you find, have you found that dogs are more respondent to smaller gestures or does it matter? Do they go from big we ones find little ones? it doesn't
4: ones? matter, at least with the dogs we've tested. The Different types of points. Like right now, there's a study going on in our lab that are testing all of the different types of points, um, from tapping on the container to all the way to the hardest one, which I which I just told you about. And it's a really small difference in between those two. Um, oh, okay. I mean, extremely small. So it, as far as this, as far as these kind of points go, it doesn't matter. Movement doesn't matter. So like pointing to it a couple of times. Doesn't seem to to really have um, that much of a difference in it. Now there is there is a slight difference. So with distance, so how far your finger is to the point seems to seems to have a so a you, slight difference.
1: Okay, that's good to know. Also, what about verbal cues? I mean, we're talking about dogs being nonverbal. So are we? To assume that, you know, you're doing mainly nonverbal cues, I would assume. What about, I guess what I'm asking is, are we finding that dogs are responding to our, what we're saying to them, or is it just really the body language? I mean, we can drop even the vocal part of it, I'm, I'm assuming.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think dogs, I, I don't know. I mean, I've done some training, and, and my dog, especially if it's really busy, she watches my body more than she listens to my voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there, has. Been, do you find the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of our research has been nonverbal cues, and dogs understand us yeah. just fine. Uh, yeah. There has been a study out on tone and our tone, and um, I don't know that much about it, but I do know that dogs do... I, I don't know that much as far as like what kind of tones they used in the study, but I do know that they did find that they they react differently to different tones.
1: See, okay, well now that you said that, I just totally was a hypocrite because at the same time, I say, you know, I definitely talk to my dogs like my children, you know, carry on, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, <laughs> you know, I'm talking to them and I, all, I often say and think that yes, they're nonverbal, but maybe these one-word commands like sit and stay and all that, that doesn't really give your dog a chance to discern your tone and your mood and all that. You know, I can yell at my dog with a happy tone and he won't think I'm yelling at him. You know what I'm saying? Or So, yeah, I just totally have double, I've said it, I've double talked there, but you're right. I think tone is important. And, ooh, this is so interesting. Tone is important, but they mainly follow nonverbal cues, I guess well, would be know, my theory. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, I don't, I don't want to go with that. It just think we haven't <laughs> I done the research comparing the, the you know, the scientists. Yeah. I don't know of any study out there that has looked at nonverbal versus verbal.
1: That's ooh, let's start it. Let's start. Yeah, on. let's go. <laughs> so, what, I'm dumb game. So, what, um, what kind of stuff are you planning for in the future there and yourself in your own in your own life? What are you doing yeah, in the lab? Yeah. So, too? We,
4: the lab, um, we would like to get our hands on some puppies. We have a study, um, coming out or submitted on puppies learning gestures, and we found that by about 21 weeks, puppies start understanding human gestures as well yeah. as adult dogs
1: because they're um, our best friend that's why I know right
4: mm-hmm. so it'd be cool to but the problem with the the study is that we couldn't control for the environment that the dog grew up in and so we want to yeah. see you know what's the difference between environments as far as a normal household environment and one where we give them you know very little pointing can they still understand pointing
1: so you're doing um, nature versus nurture cool <laughs> that's yeah. a controversial topic. <laughs> but, uh, I love well, it. I think
4: it's a little bit of both. But let's, you know, how much? I how much too. do they need? Yeah. yeah. So. And so that's that's our our big plan. We're we're studying bats and how well bats understand points at a at a zoo facility. Um, and then we're finding they get them right. Wow. Um, they understand points, so that's kind more of more cool. than. And so
1: the apes don't understand the points at all. Don't even do it.
4: Yeah. Not according to the research.
1: Why I wonder? Do you think are they just like over it?
4: I don't know. My guess is that most of the ape research is done in laboratories. Yeah,
1: already, I'm sure.
4: Well, yeah, but they don't have the they don't have the interaction with humans like you know Mm. zoo, zoo house bats have. You know. Gosh,
1: that's so. Fu- you know, that touches on something, just our whole how we treat animals and then consequently how they react to us. I mean, all of the stuff you're studying really could be groundbreaking on just how we treat animals, which I think is definitely an indication of the enlightenment of society, you know, how well we treat our animals, to quote Gandhi, <laughs> to steal from Gandhi, <laughs> I will. Well, awesome. that's really fascinating. I wonder what else is there. Anything I didn't cover that is going on down there? So puppy Well, you we want puppy? have we
4: have a completely other line of research um, studying functional analysis. So functional analysis um, was used to decrease problem behaviors in mm-hmm. autistic children. And um, mentally challenged adults, you know, banging heads, biting themselves, stuff along those lines. And it looks at what type of environmental conditions may be reinforcing this. And so for my master's, there was a um, self-mutilating baboon that I worked with Uh at at a zoo. And so I decided to run this. What did the do? I, what was the balloon
1: doing? He was like cutting himself. Biting
4: his yeah, he was biting his leg and spinning in circles, and he was he was giving himself some really bad wounds. Okay. By doing it, and so I wanted to. I was wondering what was reinforcing this behavior. What in his environment did he find? I mean, obviously the behavior was was increasing, so it had to be reinforcing in some way, and and why? Mm-hmm. And so in this condition. You try to look at the animal's environment and you try to figure out what variables may be reinforcing it. So is it just self-reinforcing? They like the feeling of it. Is it, or it reduces pain somewhere else or something along those lines,
3: Um,
4: is it for attention? So every time he bites himself, somebody comes up and says, oh, don't do that. You're hurting yourself. And although you're trying to help, you're still reinforcing the behavior. Yeah. Um, Is it to escape from demand? So you tell the person or the animal to do something and they bite themselves and you say, okay, never mind. You don't have to do it. I don't want you to bite yourself anymore. And then there's a control condition, which controls for all of that stuff. And we added in a tangible condition. So we're holding a toy or or something of of tangible value, and they bite themselves, and they're like, here, you can have it. You know, like they do a lot with children in grocery stores. You know, you're crying. Here, you can have
1: it. Yeah, 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 yeah
4: so we did this. We did this um, with this, this monkey at, at a zoo, and we found out the keepers were actually reinforcing it by running up to the baboon and telling them to stop. That was the only attention the, the, the baboon really got during the day. And so oh. when we went into treatment, we started to tell the keepers to stop you know, reinforcing this, ignore it. And then reinforce lip smacking. That is something that uh, baboons do as like a greeting. And mm-hmm. lip smacking went up and self injurious behavior went down and, and it it stopped completely.
1: So well, we're doing you this saved to that baboon. <laughs> <laughs> you saved <laughs> him. I love it. <laughs> I love yeah, it. So, so we're doing this with dogs
4: and problem behavior in dogs and yeah. and finding out exactly what's maintaining the behavior. We're starting out with something simple like jumping up. Yeah. You know, why, why do dogs jump up? And obviously it's different for each individual dog. And yeah. normally you do training, dog training. How do you stop if you go into a house? How do you normally tell the owner to stop having the dog jump up on them?
1: Ooh, that's you know, that's a tough, 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 tough thing because just like, you know, they're parenting these dogs so a lot of times the parents don't wanna hear that they're doing it, but what I do is I physically turn my back on the dog and just completely ignore the dog.
4: You take away the do- you take away the attention.
1: Totally. That's what I do. Yeah. And, and and that's
4: and what most I mean that's what dog trainers do. I mean that's what I learned to do. Yep. That's what everybody learned to do. Well, in this research that we started, we we've ran three dogs so far, and attention wasn't the thing that was maintaining the jumping up. Yeah. It was what it was? was access to a tangible item. We have one dog that jumped up more for his leash than in any other condition, and mm-hmm. we had two dogs that jumped up for a toy of some sort more uh-huh. than any other condition so we we actually gave them so in the in the baseline we actually gave them attention for jumping up we right. let them out of the sit or lie down and they jumped up we're like okay you don't have to sit or lie down you can do whatever you want we did it in condition where we just ignored them the whole time and then we did an attention condition where if they jumped up we gave them lots of attention and all three dogs jumped up more for that tangible item than intention And in fact the tension was really low as far as the the key. Yeah, which is really cool. So so this is this is new. We've only, you know, ran three dogs on this. Um, but it's it's not always what we think it is. Yeah. I mean that's that's what I learned too, you know, you come through a doorway, you ignore the dog, you know, you take away the attention but but that's not what's maintaining the jumping up.
1: Yeah, and my dog, my Bichon, especially, we just had to put our Angus to sleep a few weeks ago. And he went through a period where he was super, like, hyperventilating when we'd come in because he it was experiencing some separation anxiety when we left, I'm sure. And he actually, the only way we could get him to calm down was to sit quietly with him and just to give him, like you're saying, more attention, very calm. Don't talk, you know what I mean? Breathing, slow our own breathing until that dog calmed down or our dog calmed down. So, yeah, you're right. He, He reacted with more attention. It actually helped him. And funny, you should mention that because the only reason I was adapting my behavior is because I was kind of feeling a little bit sorry for him and feeling bad that I had to leave him. <laughs> so I was going to give him more attention instead of ignore the behavior. And you're right, it actually did quell the behavior. So that's well, really... you know,
4: each individual dog is different. And I think a, a, a lot of times in our dog training, we, you know, we have a solution for every problem. You know, if the yeah. dog's digging, then you give them some, a place they can dig. You know, I mean, there's... Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. There's definite protocols for each of the bad behaviors, and I think we really need to start realizing that, you know, each individual dog has a different history, and each history has a different type of reinforcer, and so we need to come up with, you know, quick ways of testing what may be reinforcing these behaviors, because it's not always the, you know, the generic thing that we always do,
1: the default. Well, Nicole, unfortunately, we're out of time, but thank you so much. This is all fascinating, and you know, it really just reinforces that we have so much to learn from animals about ourselves, about the world we live in, about us, and so thank you for all the awesome work you guys are doing down there. Well, really, oh, thanks for is,
4: having me and letting sure. me share it with all of you.
1: Yeah, and it's fascinating. So if you're out there listening and you have a puppy that you want to get involved in some testing and you're in Florida, you can check into the Canine Cognition Lab. It's caninecognition.com. And Nicole will be there working with pups. <laughs> yeah. And Nicole, I love what you're doing. Again, thank you so much. And keep up the good work. And if you get any good information, please email me and we would love to have you back on, on the show again.
4: Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Sure. So I'd all of you. you, yeah, you're welcome. If you have any questions about this episode, please email me at Raquel at petliferadio.com or you can, like I said, check into caninecognition dot com. All this information is on our website, Pet Life Radio. So you can get all this info. Again, be good to your pups. Please be good to your pups. They are here to teach us so much. And I just invite you to go out there and win with your dog. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Till next time. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs.